0: Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Churches podcast where we are committed to building irresistible bridges between the unchurched and Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you're here and wherever you're listening from we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! All right. Well, it's good to be with you this morning again. My name is Jeremy. I am on staff here at the Bridge. I'm not up here a lot, but it's a great opportunity for me to just come and share with God. Has put on my heart. So before I get into that, I just want to comment on something that Tyler talked about uh, related to student ministry. So uh, one of the things that happened to me in my story, my journey, was that at, at 16 years old, uh, after a series of questionable choices, uh, my parents' uh, kind of last-ditch effort decided to send me to a Christian camp. Kind of like, hey, Hail Mary, Lord, He's He's yours. Let's Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. And. I met Jesus there and he transformed my life. But here's the incredible thing about that. After that experience, I had someone step into my life. Someone step into my life. His name was Roy Houghton and I would not be here without his influence on my life. I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for him and the, and the questions that he answered for me and the, the times that he kind of just listened and the times that he, he helped me understand what this meant in the Bible and all of these different things. And so if you're feeling prompted today to consider student ministry, do it. Because you never know the impact that you will have on someone's life. I don't know where he is today. I don't know what he's doing. But the investment of his life in my life lives on today. And so consider that. It's an incredible opportunity. I served in student ministry for 15 years. And man, there were so many times I learned so much about God from them. The ways in which they taught me how to see God differently and how to answer questions or how to be okay with not having answers to the thousands of questions that you are asked. So if you are considering it today, I would just encourage you to talk with Tyler. Check it out. It is an amazing opportunity. So... Really excited to be here, and I want to kind of start off with a question, something for you to consider as we work our way through today's uh, sermon. And it's this question right here: What are you looking for? Right, everybody's looking for something, and so what is it that you are looking for today? What What was it that got you out of bed on an meh ish morning outside? What got you out of bed into this place? Or if you're watching us online, you know what. What caused you to roll over in your bed and click watch now on the live stream link or make your way to the couch with your coffee and press watch now. But regardless of whether you're in this space here or you're watching online, what was it that drew you here? What is it that you were looking for? I'm going to start things off with a bold claim that I believe that the thing that we are going to talk about today is something that each and every one of us is looking for. And that's, and that's across the room. It doesn't matter if this is your first time in church, if you're here because someone dragged you here, if you're here because you want to be here, if you don't want to be here, if you've been here a ton of times, or if this is your first time. Whether you follow Jesus or not, it doesn't matter because all of us, all of us across the board, long for this. And the beautiful thing is in the passage that we're going to look at today, Jesus speaks to this. Jesus speaks to the very thing each and every one of us is looking for. Whether we know it or not, he speaks to that. So, do you know that cinematic effect when they use it a lot of times in the movies when the main character's sitting there the camera is zoomed out and there's kind of like that that uh-oh moment, and the camera zooms in real close. Tight shot, right? Like, something happens. There's a realization or or an action, or suddenly this, something changes in the in the plot, and the character's just left there going, oh my gosh. Uh-oh. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe? Hey, mom, my mom's here in the crowd here. Come up on the stage with me right now. See, okay. <laughs> that was an uh-oh moment. <laughs> right? Like, I bet you, like... Sorry, sorry. Um, I love my mom. Um, did it to my wife in the first service. So I got some family issues to work out after today's service. But listen, that was, that was an uh-oh moment. I bet you if there was a camera just like whoop, swoop in, mom's face, heart beating. No, I love you, but I'm not coming up on stage with you, son. Right? That uh-oh moment. Right? We've all had those moments. There haven't been cameras maybe in, in, that, in that moment for you. But why do I share this with you? Well, four weeks ago, the beginning of the series that Tyler was talking about, I had an uh uh-oh moment. I was sitting over there. You see, I knew I was going to be preaching on this day quite some time ago. Now, I may or may not be a chronic procrastinator. Still trying to work that out. Um, But listen, I was like, this time, this time, I'm going to to get ahead of the game. I had an idea, and so I chased it down, and it was almost done. It's kind of just about to like go to the slide phase of our of our message creation. So I'm sitting there, and Scott opens up his series, This Left Feels Right, where he wrestled with this idea of our hearts in relation to our finances. It's a great series. If you, if you didn't catch it, I encourage you to go to uh, our On Demand section on our webpage, and you can see it there. Now, he starts talking, and I'm sitting. So imagine the camera kind of further out. And the more he talks, the more some of the things really line up with what I have written on my piece of paper. I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh. And then the camera just keeps coming in and coming in and coming in. Because the more he talks, the more I realize that there's some problems here. Not with what he's saying, but how similar with what he's saying is to what I've written. And you're thinking like, come on, what are the chances of all the places in, in the entire Bible, he would go there and I would have gone there as well. And so it was a huge uh-oh moment. And in that moment, I felt a little bit of anxiety about what does this mean for me? And so on our Thursday, a regular meeting we had on our Thursday, I sat down and I said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Where are you going with the rest of this series? And after we had a conversation, we realized this isn't going to work. And came to that agreement together like this is okay, but this is for a different time. And so I left the office thinking, uh-oh. The plans that I had in place, my proactiveness out the window. And so I went back to my office and I sat in front of my whiteboard. Now for those of you who don't know me, my whiteboard is, is the place of magic. Right? Like if you guys... Have, sorry, my nose is really itchy. I'm just trying to not focus on that. Um, so my whiteboard is the place where everything just... It's like, what happens in here, I can put on the whiteboard, right? And, it, and I, like I do all the colors, I do circles and lines. To the outside world, like Ask Chris or Tyler, when they come in, they're like, what has happened? It makes sense to me, and it is beautiful. And it's where I kind of make sense of all of my thoughts. But here, here is what happened on that day. Nothing nothing, like not even a line, not a circle, nothing, just a big blank. Those of you who were students or are students in the room today, you get it. You know what I'm talking about. You look at the Word document and that blinker is just blinking and mocking. I know it's not real, but it's it's like it's talking to you like, you can't do it. You've got nothing and you're staring at this thing and it's blank. And so that was the situation for me. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking all right, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And the more I didn't know, the more I got anxious. The more I didn't know, the more I got stressed out. The more I didn't know, the less peace I had about the situation that I was facing. And so, in that moment of desperation, I did what every pastor does in preparation for a sermon. I went to Google, (laughs) right? And obviously the sarcasm there, but I did. I went to Google. I'm like, man, like, throw me a line. I I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I wanted to preach about this day in the church calendar, and this day in the church calendar is known as Palm Sunday. So I knew I was going to speak about Palm Sunday, but I had no idea. So I went to all the places, and all the spaces, and all the sites, and all the preachers, and all the kind of the bumper video, like everywhere. I scoured things, and still, nothing. Still, the whiteboard was blank, I may or may not have even asked AI to see if it had some ideas on what I could preach on today. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. And in that moment, man, I'm telling you, I felt a real lack of peace. All the plans that I had in place, all the ideas that were kind of done, gone. And I was in this place of tension, this uncomfortable place of tension where I was like, man, it's coming like if I could escape this day in that moment, I would have, but I couldn't. And there I was. And then, and then in that moment, it was like there was this, it's going to sound weird if, if, you're not, if you're not from church, but those of you who follow Jesus, you would know. It's like we believe in the Spirit and the Spirit being able to guide us. And it was in that moment, there was this, just this, this gentle prodding about something that I should have probably known, I should have probably started with, didn't, It's going to seem obvious, but this is what it was. Read the passage, right? I went to Google instead of going to God. I tried to find answers without actually just going to the source and just reading it. I'm not saying that going to Google is bad. And trying to do some research is bad. But man, I took my anxiety and my desperation and I went to Google and said to God, and thank goodness, thank goodness that, that, that God is just so patient with me. Man, because I need the patience. Just ask my mom, right? So I, like, it's, I'm so thankful for the patience. And just that reminder, read the passage. And so I started with this passage that we're going to read today in Mark. And I just prayed, Lord, just show me this in a way that's going to speak to me and to the people that I'm going to share this with. And then as I read it over and over and over again, something something just jumped out at me. And then I chased, chased it down and it led to what we're going to talk about today. Listen... I've read this passage, passage a thousand times. Like if you've, if you've been around church at all, and even if you haven't, there's the stories that we know, right? Like Christmas, everybody knows Christmas, everybody knows Easter. So we know a lot of the circumstances around what happened around these, these times and these places. I've read this story that I'm going to share with you today a thousand times, but I have never seen what I saw that day, really, really the significance of it, and the significance of it for my life, the significance of it for the lives of those it happened to, and the significance of it for your life today. Now, you may never have written a sermon before, right? But I bet you can relate to my experience, right? That moment, that moment when you have got... Everything lined up. When your life is planned, man, like when your when your when your calendar, your digital calendar, all the colors line up perfectly. Use this term this morning, like all the ducks are in a row. Still don't know what that means, but right, you get it. If everything lines up and everything's perfect, everything's running. You've got your plans, and then suddenly something happens, right? Like that moment I was sitting there and Scott was speaking, and then suddenly it's like, uh oh, you have all had uh oh moments. Whether you're in church or or this is your first time, whether you follow Jesus or not, you've had uh uh-oh moments, right? That moment when all of your plans and all of the things and everything changes, everything. And maybe it's through a text or an email or a phone call that you weren't expecting with news that you weren't expecting. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a a situation or a challenge. Maybe it's with a relationship in your life where one moment you thought everything was going fine, all of the plans, plans, everything's in line, and then suddenly everything changes. And I know you know what I'm talking about because we have all had those moments in our life. And what do we do with those moments? What do we do there in the moment when, when we, we're like, we're, uh-oh, I don't know about you, but when I face all of those things, so often it it rises up like anxiety and stress and and worry and and the thousands, if if your mind maybe doesn't, but goes to where all of the what ifs, what if this happens or what if this happens or I don't know how to handle this. And sometimes the tears, you just don't know what to do. And the one thing that that can kind of all be summed up by is I have lost peace. And that's the thing that we're going to look at Today, that's the thing that we're going to talk about today in the story today, is peace. Because I don't know about you, but I need peace in my life. So here's the thing. Peace, as defined by the dictionary, is a stress-free state of security and calmness that comes when there's no fighting or war. Everything coexists in perfect harmony and freedom. I don't know about you, I'm not sure how often I experience that kind of peace. Maybe externally, internally, not so much, right? Like that That sounds awesome, but impossible when I look at my life and the challenges of my life and those uh uh-oh moments, right? Because this depends on the absence of something. It, it depends on the absence of these stress moments, the absence of fighting or the absence of war, whether it's external or internal, the absence of insecurity, the absence of whatever the opposite of calmness is, like in, I don't even know, whatever. You know, you guys know what it is, right? But like, whatever it is, it exists in the absence of that. And so there are times where I just, I, I just don't have peace, because if I'm defining peace like this, man, that's so hard to maintain. And so then those things come into my life, those uh-oh moments. It's almost like you're trying to carry water with open hands, right? It's impossible to hang on to because there are so many things internally and externally that threaten that peace, Jump onto social media for a second. Jump onto the news for a second. Look at your bank account for a second. Examine your relationships for a second. Open that text for a second. And suddenly your peace is gone. And so often I find myself in that place. Peace just slipping through my fingers as defined like this. So all of those things, here's the reality. All of us, in those uh uh-oh moments, we can experience this, that we have lost our peace. And again, I ask, where do you go in those moments? So often, man, I'm going to admit, so often I go to Google to try and find answers as to why. Why am I experiencing this? Or why am I going through this? Or how can I get my peace back? And so I chase whatever it is to to remove that thing that's causing this loss of peace. To get back to this state of calmness and coexistence. And where is it that you go? In those moments in your life when peace slips through your fingers. That's what we want to talk about today. That's what we to explore today. Because I tell you, there is something on this day that Jesus brought that lasts. That goes deeper than that definition. That carries me through those moments. In the midst of of all of the chaos that carries me through those moments. And here's the incredible thing. Here's the absolutely incredible thing. Because so oftentimes when I read uh, the Bible, and I don't know what it's like for you or your experience, it's so hard sometimes to put ourselves um, in their shoes, in the people and the stories and those scenarios or situations that they find themselves in, especially in the middle of winter. I mean, how do you even relate to living where they're living and those experiences where they're experiencing, Right but especially in these moments. But listen, lean into this. We are no different than the people in that crowd. You see, at the core, they were longing for something that each of us is longing for here today. And the story that we're going to read, place yourself with them on the road as they observe Jesus coming into town. And as they see what he brought, as they try and wrestle with and understand what he brought, we are no different than them. They longed for the same thing that each and every one of us is longing for today. And that's what we're going to explore. Now, before we jump into the passage, it's really important to have a little conversation about context. Now, it's one of the things that I learned early on from Roy Houghton, the importance of context when you're reading the Bible. Right now, so context is the idea that everything that happens around the thing that you're looking at matters. Context matters. He he taught me this thing like this idea that context is king, right? So when you go and read the Bible on your own, ask it questions. Right? What is happening? Who is speaking? Why are they speaking? Who are they speaking to? Historically, when is it happening? All of these questions that you can ask of the text will help you understand what is being, what is meant by the text in those moments. Context is so important for us to be able to understand what is going on. Why is it going on? And how can it apply to us? And so just a little thing for you when you read, ask those questions. Now, here's the thing. I I mentioned today is Palm Sunday. Now, the important thing, and for us to kind of tease out this message, this message related to peace and how this can impact our uh-oh moments, we need to look at a bit of context. See, Palm Sunday is, no, is known as the day, if you don't know, is known as the day that Jesus went in, into Jerusalem, and they laid palms down, there was palms waving in the air, and there was a big celebration, and people were saying some things. But what? why is that so significant? Well, to understand that, we need to understand the context that the the, uh, the nation of Israel was living under, right? We need to talk about the Roman Empire. You see, Pompey came into town, besieged Jerusalem and the surrounding area for months with a huge army. And about 96, I think it was 96 uh, BCE, he sacked Jerusalem and he rolled in. And in that moment, Jerusalem and Israel became a a, a nation state under Rome. Jerusalem actually became a very important uh, city for Rome in terms of trade and position and, and positioning their armies and all these things. So in that moment, Israel as a nation lost their peace as an independent free state. Israel was now under Roman authority, Roman law, Roman rule, no longer independent. That moment of time when, when Pompey rolled in to where Jesus comes into town is about a hundred years. Now, see, it's so important to understand the historical context because of this. Because the people that gathered alongside the road, the day in the story that we're going to read, this is what they long for. See, they long for a coming king or savior who would free them and establish peace. Because for a hundred years as a nation, they didn't have this. You see, this peace was ripped from their hands by Rome. And so all through the Old Testament, you see these these whispers of a coming king or a coming Messiah or a coming leader that would free the Israelites, that would free them and bring peace. That's the context to Palm Sunday. It's the context to Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem that day. So think about it. Think about all of the situations that you are facing in your life. Think about all of those moments and those times where you're just longing for peace. And think about, hey, I heard that someone's going to come into town and they're actually going to bring peace, right? You're going to show up for that. Because there's a promise of peace. But here is the thing. What they expected was not what they experienced Because the thing that Jesus brought was so much deeper than what they thought he was going to bring. So let's look at that together. Mark chapter 11, uh, verses 1 to 10. We're just going to read through it and keep an eye out for that moment. That moment that triggers this truth about what Jesus brought. When they had gotten close to Jerusalem near the two villages of Bethphage and Bethany and the Mount of Olives... Jesus sent two of his followers ahead of them. Go to that village over there, and as soon as you get into town, you'll see a young colt tied that nobody has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it back to me. If anybody stops you and asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs it, and he will send it back right after he's done. Everything happened just as Jesus had told them. They found the colt in the street, tied near a door, and they untied it. And then someone asked, what are you doing? And they answered as Jesus had instructed. And they were allowed to take it. So they brought the colt back to Jesus. They piled garments on its back to make a comfortable seat. And Jesus rode the colt toward Jerusalem. People cast their cloaks onto the road and spread out palm branches. And the crowd shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Did you see it? Did you see that moment that speaks deeply into their longing for peace? Did you see the moment that speaks deeply into your longing for peace? If you didn't see it, that's okay. I didn't see it. I didn't see it for a long, long time until I started asking questions of the text, until I started praying, God, show me something. And then he showed me this. They piled garments on its back to make a comfortable seat, and Jesus rode the colt towards Jerusalem. I know you're thinking, "Well, that just changes everything." I have peace back. Thanks a lot. Have a great day, right? Like, I I get it. When I first read, I'm like, "Okay." So I, I started asking questions. Like, "What?" Okay, so this kind of stood out to me. So what's the big deal? How does this actually speak? Right? If we just ended the message here, you'd be like. I'm not sure I'm going to go back to that. It was not the most practical of messages, right? But there's something so deep here for us in this simple action of Jesus riding the colt. In John, it talks about the colt being a donkey, right? So a simple action of Jesus riding a donkey into a a captured city of Rome and how it can speak to us. Now, to understand that, some more context now, the Bible is divided up into two sections, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament, if you're, if you're new to this. The Old Testament is made up of a bunch of different styles of writing. There's, there's historical, there's law, there's poetry, there's a narrative account, there's all of these different things. And one of them, one of the styles is prophecy. Now, to understand prophecy, prophecy is this. It's a message or a prediction from God communicated through a prophet describing future events or offering instructions. As you read through the Old Testament, there are hundreds of prophecies related to Jesus. Thousands of years before Jesus came to town, there were things written about Jesus and the way he came to town. I mean like actual town, like like to earth, right? And there were things that he had there were prophecies that he had no control over, like where he was born or the context within which he was born, like certain things you couldn't manipulate, right? Did you know that that there are over 300 of these prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in his life as the Messiah, as the deliverer, as the savior, as the one that they were hoping for that would come into town and would give them peace. There's one of them, that helps us understand a little bit more about the significance of the donkey. Zechariah 9.9. So Zechariah is a book of prophecy, and it's speaking about a coming king. Cry out with joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout jubilantly, O daughter of Jerusalem. Look, look, your king is coming. And he is righteous, and he is able to what? to save you. He comes seated humbly on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a donkey. So suddenly it brings the actions of what Jesus did into a bit of focus. You see, we're reaching way back to Zechariah and the people along the street that day, maybe some of them would have thought about this. Maybe would have remembered this. Wait a minute. Our king is going to show up And our king is going to seat us. And the sign that this is our king, this is our deliverer, this is our peace bringer, is that he's going to be seated humbly on a donkey, on a colt, on a foal of a donkey. So suddenly there's a little bit more to pull on Palm Sunday. And then you start looking at, well, what's the significance of the donkey? Well, in those times, in biblical times, a donkey was seen as an animal of peace, an animal of humility. So not only is he fulfilling prophecy and establishing himself as the Messiah, the promised Messiah, of which 300 prophecies were spoken about, a lot came into, a lot were, were realized in his life and the miracles leading up into this moment, but also the very animal he was on, speaks of the thing that he came to bring. The animal itself is an object lesson of the peace that they were longing for. And so, do you see it now? Do you see the significance of that moment? That moment when Jesus sat on a donkey and rode into a city that was held captive by a foreign invaders, the ones who stole peace from this nation. Now, if you were there, right, you'd be excited, especially if you recalled the words of Zechariah or other prophecies, you'd be excited. And that's why the people threw branches down. That's why you see sometimes pictures depicted of, like, of them waving the branches in the air, of them throwing their cloaks down. This crazy scene of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And what are they crying? They're crying, Hosanna, which means save us. And they were longing for this. They were longing for peace. But as I said before, it's, it's different than what we read in the dictionary. It's, it's the, the peace that Jesus brought is different than what was articulated there. You see, he brought something, he brought something so much deeper. And, and because he did that, that's why this is not just a cool historical account, but that what happened in history can reach into our day now and impact your life today, wherever you are, whether you're in this room or you're watching online that what happened there can actually reach through time and change everything for you because it's not just a historical account he didn't just come to free them from rome you see their peace had been stolen and they longed for a deliverer to give them the peace they desired we see the peace they desired didn't go deep enough for many of them that day, they were likely looking for freedom from Roman oppression. As we watched all of the other things play out over the next week between now and what happens on Good Friday, I mean, even his fo- closest followers had no idea what he was talking about at times, right? The, the times where they asked him questions, well, what do you mean you got to do this? I mean, Peter took out his sword and tried to defend Jesus so that he, w- he wouldn't be arrested. They didn't quite get what he was going to do yet there's all of these little moments that allude to this bigger thing. So I wonder though, I wonder about you, has your peace been stolen today in this place based on the oh circumstances of your life? And I don't know your life. I don't know what brings you to this place. I don't know what you're carrying, but listen, we're all carrying something. We may be sitting beside each other, but we may not know those things that we carry, but God knows. And are you searching for a deliverer today. See, Jesus rode into town because he saw the bigger picture. He saw not only what was holding them captive, but holding each and every one of us captive as well. You see, he explains a little bit more to his followers in, in uh, uh, John chapter 14, verse seven, about the peace that he is going to bring. And he says this about this peace. And you can, see, you can see it alludes to something different than what we read in the dictionary this stress-free utopic scene of the absence of all of these things that would threaten to take the peace away from us, right? So he says this to his followers, this is 24 hours approximately before the events of Good Friday were to initiate, right? 24 hours before he was arrested, he was beaten, he was hung on a Roman cross and he was placed in a grave. 24 hours before that, he says this, I leave my peace with you. I give my peace to you. I don't give it to you as the world does. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Now, I don't know about you, but I might question this later on in the day, right? If, if you were one of his followers and you saw all that transpired, And you're thinking peace is like how the dictionary is, that peace is going to be freedom from Rome and and freedom from oppression and maybe freedom from those other things that would threaten to steal peace from us. And you think about this and then you watch what happens on Good Friday. And you think, man, that guy was crazy. What kind of peace is that? But see, this is the thing. This is not the peace that Jesus brought A stress-free state of security and calmness that comes when there's no fighting or war. Everything coexists in perfect harmony and freedom. I mean it sounds good. Man, I don't I don't know. This peace. You see, this peace exists in the absence of something. All of those uh oh things. So in that moment, you and I are a lot like them along the side of the road because Jesus was rolling into town on this donkey. He's the promised Messiah. I remember John, Zechariah 9.9, 9, and this is it. He's going to free us. He's going to deliver us from the Romans. We are going to experience independence and freedom like we read about, like our ancestors lived in. And Jesus said, listen, I am coming to deliver you from something so much deeper, the core of what is stealing your peace from you and came to offer them something so much more, not peace in the absence of something, but in the presence of him who is peace, right? Jesus brought peace because he was the peace bringer. He, he went the full distance He gave his life on a Roman cross. Can you you imagine how confusing that would have been in that day when the promised Messiah shows up and you're expecting that he will deliver you from Roman oppression and it's Roman centurions that nail him to a cross that day? Because his peace was not that. He died on a Roman cross because his peace went far, far deeper. You see, peace is found in the presence of someone not in the absence of something. How fleeting is that type of peace where it needs to be in the absence of something? Man, like... Like I know, man, there's certain days where you just don't know if you can make it through. There are certain days when you just don't know what's happening or you get that call or you get that text or you get that email or something happens and it's like, it's gone. Someone cuts you off in traffic. Someone's too slow in traffic. Someone You choose the slow lane in the grocery store. What what about that? Do you guys do that where you like evaluate and you get into the grocery lane and you're like, I chose the wrong one. Great, peace is gone, right? Make I Make light of it, it's funny in those moments, but also there are deeper things in our lives where peace is like carrying water with open palms. But Jesus is saying this, he's saying, that's not the peace that I came to bring you. Peace is found in the presence of someone, not in the absence of something. And so the question that I began with is a question I end with, what are you looking for? What do you carry into this room today? The peace that you are looking for is found in Jesus not in the absence of things. You see, his war wasn't with the Romans. He didn't roll into town with a sword, right? Oftentimes in historical times, a conqueror would roll into town on a horse, with an army, all the prisoners of war, all the spoils of war, and it'd be this huge show of strength and power, and they would establish their kingdom. But his war wasn't with the Romans. His war was with darkness and evil. His war was with brokenness and pain. His war was with sin and separation. Jesus brought the war to the very core, to the very root of all of it. And because he did that, he didn't just free them, he freed each and every one of us today because he rode into town on a donkey. The Messiah. And he died for you and me. And because of that, we have a peace through a king that will never fail and a kingdom that will never fall. For a time, I was a history major at U of O. And the one thing, the one thing I remember is that every kingdom falls, every single one of them eventually falls. Every king falls. Every king fails. And yet, the man who rode a donkey into town that day, a week later, died for us, was buried, and rose again, established a kingdom of peace that will never fail and never fall. See, I want you to remember this today. Peace is found in the presence of someone, not in the absence of something I don't know what your journey is, what your story is, but that is my hope for you. You you might be asking, well, wait a minute. In those moments you described at the beginning, you said that you lost your peace. And yeah, it's true. If I define my peace by the dictionary, it is so hard to hang on to. But the beautiful thing about the peace found in Jesus is that it can exist in the presence of everything, it can handle all of the mess of your life, all of the unexpected turns. All of the uh-ohs. And so in those moments, when I feel those things, stress, anxiety, worry, the, oh my goodness, like Scott's preaching my message. I don't know what to do with this, right? He wasn't. I was preaching his message. Um, but in those moments, I cling to the peace found in Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, lock that in. Because that's a guarantee. That's something to, to hang on to. In, in all of the ups and downs of, of life, I lean into those moments. I remind myself in the dark what I knew to be true in the light, through reading, through prayer, through hanging with my circle on Thursday mornings where we talk about these things. In the midst of all of it, I can have peace because peace is found in Jesus. And so what would it look like, I wonder, if we found that peace today today? or if you were reminded of that peace today, and that's what you carried into the world with you this Easter week, and you connected with those people in your life, the people that you love, the people that you care about, your friends, your family, your co-workers, and you talk to them about this kind of peace, that this kind of peace is possible through Jesus. We're all about building irresistible bridges between unchurched people and Jesus Christ. A peace like that, Man, I can't think of anything more irresistible than knowing a peace like that in all of the uncertainty of our world. To be able to communicate to people this, that they can find an enduring peace found in the presence of Jesus. The beginning of this service, and then we're gonna be on our way real soon, I show a clip of a video of Jesus riding into town on a donkey. Now we're gonna watch that video again and now you know a bit more of the story.
1: No other king could vanquish the war horse or silence the warrior's rage while riding the lowly back of a donkey. No other king could break the dominion of darkness, the tyranny of evil, with a reign of grace. a kingdom of peace no other king could give his life for the redemption of rebels his wealth to welcome the outcast jesus is that king the king of glory son of the living god not just another king not just another prophet not just another teacher he was the one the world had been waiting for The one to deliver us from captivity, the son of David and Abraham's chosen seed. He is the goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. He is the one to establish God's reign and rule, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim good news to the poor. This Jesus was the creator come to earth and the beginning of a new creation. He embodied the covenant, fulfilled the commandments, and reversed the curse. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent, the one prefigured to Noah in the flood, the one promised to Abraham, the one guaranteed to Moses before he died, the one promised to David during his reign, the one revealed to Isaiah as a suffering servant, the one predicted through and prepared for through john the baptist he is the Father's son savior of the world and substitute for our sins more loving more holy and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible he is our jesus and there is no other king like him he is our god our glory There is no other king like him. There is no other king.
0: As we leave this place today, there are two things. Number one, I would like you to do something with me. From today until Good Friday, I encourage you to read the passage of Jesus entering into Jerusalem all the way up to his crucifixion. And read it with the perspective of that what he is doing is to bring peace to your life. If you're new and you don't know where to go or what to read, we've created a link for you in bridgechurches.ca forward slash top three. You can click that. You can find a direct link to the passage. And throughout this week, read that. There is no other king that can bring the peace that you need. And I pray for each and every one of you that you would find that peace. Let me just pray for you quick and then I'll let you go. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for for your patience with me and for sharing that and just for seeing Jesus in a way that I hadn't really seen him before and, and to understand and wrestle with the reality of the peace that he brings. Thank you so much that that in the midst of all of our mess and all of our our struggles, all of our trials, and, and all the stuff that's going on in the world globally, economically, and in our own hearts personally, that Jesus steps in and says, I am here to bring you peace. And that through Jesus Christ, that that if we confess with our mouths that he is Lord and believe in our hearts, he will save us. So thank you so much that he didn't just come to free them from the Romans, but he came to free us from sin and separation. Let's pray for each person here as we leave that you would imprint these things on our hearts and our minds, that we would share them with others, that we would be able to, to proclaim this peace this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you're looking for ways to take your next step, please visit us on our website, bridgechurches.ca. Much love. God bless.